There are certain moments and words that shaped a new era in pro wrestling. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Brett screwed Brett. Die, Rocky, die. Suck it! Introducing the Book of Wrestling, 25 catchphrases that explain the Attitude Era. Tune in as we relive one of the most exciting, intense, and over-the-top times in WWE with new interviews with the voices that made the promos, calls, and catchphrases into history. Listen now. It's the mismatch presented by FanDuel. The second half of the NBA season is here, and you can bet on the action with an assist from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filtered by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page in the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit theringer.com slash RG to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus in person in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning, an inability to smile, an expression like you just smelled something rotten. These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership requires for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon, and joining me as he does every Tuesday from TheRinger.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Concert, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Killian, Kevin O'Cannabis, Kevin Bruno! How are you doing this Tuesday morning, my friend? I'm doing great, and it's kind of crazy that as we talk this Tuesday, we're in the last week of the season. Man. I mean, a week from today, we are going to be talking about play-in matchups because those are going to be going on April 12th through the 15th. And then, of course, uh, two weeks from this past weekend, the weekend of the 16th and 17th, that's when the NBA playoffs are going to begin. And it's going to be fast and furious to the finish line, Kev. There's 12 games going on tonight and a ton to still be decided in these playoff standings. Before I get to that, Part of the reason there is a monster schedule tonight in the NBA is because there were zero games last night because they didn't uh, they didn't put anything up against the national championship. Congrats to Kansas and Kansas fans. They won the national title, the biggest come-from-behind uh, halftime deficit. And it's crazy because in the first half, one of my buddies texted me and he's like, man, if you wouldn't have watched, if you just watched 
North Carolina in the tournament, you think they're one of the best teams ever. And I was like, yeah, except for like those 10 minutes versus Baylor. And, <laughs> yeah. the, same th- and the same kind of thing goes with Kansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can watch them kind of struggle with Creighton. It's not like they mashed Providence. You know, they didn't have a really tough road to get where they were. They ended up, you know, playing against Miami. And then there was about that 10-minute stretch, and it extended really the whole half, against Miami, where they just looked devastating. But I really didn't know what to make of it. It did kind of feel like North Carolina, with their achievements, was a little bit of a team of destiny, but not meant to be. Kansas uh, ends up getting the national title. I know you're very high on one of their draft picks. Do you think that this Final Four slash national title game helped anybody's draft stock immensely? Uh, not really. Like Baji and Brown, Christian Brown, were the two guys that really have a chance to be first-round picks on the Kansas side of things in that game. And, I mean, Brown had a pretty good second-half transition bucket, so it was good to see him light it up. Um, attacked a lot of uh, Caleb Love, uh, the guard of North Carolina, who had a really tough night after mm-hmm. uh, some great moments in the tournament. Uh, and then uh, Agbaji, he's a mid-first-round pick already. I, I, I'm not so sure that his stock necessarily changed, that he has the skeptics around the NBA, he has the supporters around the NBA, but that's true with almost every prospect after the top 10, 15 this year's class. Uh, it's pre- it flattens out pretty quick in terms of how teams are valuing a lot of these guys, it seems. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell with him because there's certainly glimpses where... Like Baji? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I definitely think, talent. I, there's, Six, five, long, good he's got what, those, defender. Yeah, he's got the glimpses. You know, you can watch him sometimes and you go, yeah, I could see if, if somebody was... If one of these talent evaluators in the NBA came to me and said... No, 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 no. You're off on him. He could be really special. He's he's that kind of like middle ground where if somebody, I could be persuaded by somebody that had a fervent belief he could be special. On the other hand, I could also be persuaded by the guy that says that's just a role player in the NBA. Yeah. He's fine. You know what I'm saying? Like he is, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. I'm not convinced of either at this point, but there's no question. I feel like you watch him and you could come away with either of those opinions. And that's not true of everybody where somebody could just tell me he's, he's a whatever he's going to be, he's going to play in the NBA, but he's going to be a role player. He's fine. Or somebody could say, no, 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 no. Watch his game against so-and-so. You know, if he gets in the right system, this kid can really be special. Like, I I don't know. I could see it kind of both ways with him. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, with a guy like that, I think that the best odds are just he's going to be a solid role player. I yeah. mean, I'm not sure he has the shake or the handle necessarily to be a, a go-to guy at 6'5", but, you know, with his size, his motor, his toughness, his improved three-point shooting, if the three-point shooting is for real after some inconsistent years in college then he's going to have a good long career as one of those 3 and D type of guys. And, and that's good. I mean, that's great to have. Yeah. You want to have guys like that on your roster who make the right decision, who play hard. And and that's what Agbaji is. And for Kansas to have that comeback, whew, my goodness, congratulations to them. But also, 
What a run for North Carolina, too. Getting past Duke. I mean, it's comical. That's how Coach K's career ends. It's so hilarious, Chris. And, it's and, sad, but also, like, like <laughs> for him, you know, after his long career, uh, like, it's, it's disappointing. But for fans, non-Duke fans, it's just kind of funny as well. <laughs> I made the, I made the joke 50, the other night cool. that, like, his, his retirement was going to be shorter than Tom Brady's. Um, and I was thinking, I was thinking as, as that's playing out, I'm like, man, if Carolina wins this thing and he has to just marinate that until oh, the yeah. day he dies, like he's not going to be able to take it. It's going to be, I don't know. It, it's going to be, uh, John Shire is going to be, uh, Conan O'Brien, right? Jay Leno is going to say, I want, <laughs> yeah, he's going right. to get Jay Leno'd. I yeah. want my spot back. <laughs> yeah, he really might. He really false alarm, False alarm, John Shire. I can't. Yeah. Hey, look, I hope you understand. I know we did all this celebration and everything, but we're running it back. <laughs> it, it's kind of like how Tom Brady's last pass with the Patriots is an interception. Yeah. He didn't retire after that, though. He went to the Bucs, and then he won That's a right. Super Bowl. Coach K, is he really going to retire? Nah, I guess no. he is. <laughs> 50, but I'll tell you what, though. 50-50 and 50 in his lifetime against North Carolina, that's pretty cool. Yes. I mean, like if you're Coach K, that's the part you have to sit back at and say, you know what? Do I really want to come back just to get back in North Carolina? Maybe. Well, because then what, like, what, what, if you what, go, what a career. What, what if you career. go, what, what if you lose a couple of them and now you're 50 and 52? Now you can't yeah. retire. And next thing you know, you're coaching until you're 98 years old. <laughs> <laughs> All to get back over 500 yeah. against North I gotta, Carolina. <laughs> I got to, I got to, I got to get back over 500. <laughs> I can't leave like this. And Shiner retires before you do. That's right. They just keep ruining it. Yeah. You know, mm. um, what a career. Yeah. Tough on the other side for uh, Hubert Davis, who will inevitably learn from this, but you never like to see get guys getting Doc Rivers comparisons in the big moments because he was this live action, Tracy, this live action. There was a lot of Doc Rivers energy, you know, running up and down the court. And then there was some Doc Rivers energy in the second half with a just a <laughs> monumental collapse. Was that something on Twitter? Yes. The game where people call him Doc. Little Doc Rivers esque, mm. you know. He's I very see. animated. He yeah, was very, I, I see. I see. very Candace, loud Candace, with his Tracy Candace, Wolfson. <laughs> the Candace Buckter uh, tweet says, Why does Hubert Davis do his best Doc Rivers impression for his in game interviews? Yeah. The others say Josh, <laughs> Josh Everly. Hubert Davis sounds like Doc in warm ups. Okay. I see all the tweets. Yeah. You did see I, that. Yeah. Well, especially because, you know, when he grabbed that micro, you know, when he got on that microphone at that first time out. It's live action, Tracy. It's live action, Tracy. You know, and Grant Hill said, I thought we were listening to Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Unfortunately, he did a Doc wasn't Rivers impression a, in the it, second half, not through speech, but rather through strategy. Wasn't WrestleMania supposedly, I didn't watch any of it, mm. but I saw some tweets saying it was one of the best ones in, in years. Oh, it's amazing. Really? Amazing. Yes. It's great. It was great. Seriously, that's cool. Yes. Why? Why yes. wasn't it so amazing? Uh, I don't know much about just the, the matches. Stone Cold Steve Austin coming back. Pat McAfee on Twitter. Pat I McAfee. Saw that. that was Stone, hilarious. I mean, show stealer. Yeah, he was so amazing. The, the, him drinking the beers. He's like on the ground. So good. <laughs> Knocked out. It was great. <laughs> so funny. Absolutely great. Yeah, he's a natural. He, he's so good. Today's episode is brought to you by Prime Video. Uncontrollable frowning and inability to smile. An expression like you just smelled something rotten. 
These are all signs of resting binge face caused by too many streaming services. But Prime Video ends resting binge face so you can smile again. Easily find your favorite shows like Reacher Season 2. Rent or buy new release movies like Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds, and Snakes. Get everything included on Prime. And add hundreds of streamers like Max for True Detective Night Country. One app, one password. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership not required to rent or buy. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. So we got 12 games going on tonight. We got a ton of games this week. And as I mentioned, there's a million things to be decided. This is what we know for sure. Phoenix is going to be the number one seed in the West. And as of now, would play the winner of Pelicans and Spurs. Well, that's kind of the matchup right now, right? And then obviously those teams would have to win after that. But that's kind of how it lines up. Whereas Memphis is the two seed and the Wolves and the Clips are going to have to play each other. Now, the Clippers are locked in at eight. And so, you know, as of now, it's the Wolves and the Clippers. But there's a slight possibility that the Wolves could jump the Nuggets and push them down, and then it would be Nuggets versus the Clippers playing against each other. Um, And so we really don't know. We don't know who Phoenix is going to play. We don't know who Memphis is going to play. The only thing we know for sure is that the Clippers are locked in at eight. And then it gets all muddled. Because the Warriors need one more win to ensure that they're a top four seed. Um, And they would lose a tiebreaker to Dallas if they end up tied. So that one, you know, as long as they get one more win, they're going to ensure themselves home court advantage in the first round. But I think it kind of feels likely that Dallas is going to jump them. Just the fact that 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 tiebreaker may really come into play because Dallas owning the tiebreaker against them is a big, big advantage for sure. And so what's wild is started off this season, Golden State, just unbelievable. Steph Curry, the MVP. And look how things have changed. Now we're to the last week of the season and we're talking about how they need one more win just to ensure themselves getting home court advantage in the first round. Yeah, it's something else how, how everything developed this year. The, the Lakers outside the play-in, the Warriors collapsing uh, midseason with all their injuries and everything. Um, they, these teams still get a shot, though, ultimately. Uh, I, they still have a chance. The Warriors, that is, not the Lakers. Uh, but like you said, these last three games here, Lakers, Spurs, Pelicans for the Warriors, Pistons, Blazers, Spurs. I mean, Spurs, it, the, it, the Mavericks. It, that, yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. You're playing three teams that are like their seasons on the line. Yeah, exactly. See, it's just the way it breaks. Exactly. If you looked at that, uh, you know, even a couple of months ago, you'd have been like, oh, well, they got an easy schedule to end it. But it just so happens because of this play in situation, they're facing three teams that need those games so badly. And on the other hand, I think they desperately need to win, Kevin. Um, and what one other quick thing though with those games, uh, the, the because the Warriors face the Spurs second on Saturday, and then on Sunday you have the Mavs facing them. It's possible that Sunday game for the Spurs actually isn't a must win. 
they're already locked in to the 10 spot. So that could be a rest day for the Spurs. And then, you know, then that Might helps be. the Mavs. Yeah, well, could be. And they, they staggered all of these kind of on purpose. You know, and I know this just because of the schedule where I am. Saturday and Sunday, those games, so the Grizzlies play Pelican Celtics to end it. Those were TBDs. Those until just recently. Until I didn't find out until yesterday. Yeah, the when time those games for those are going to be right. Yeah, yeah, and I think they wanted to stagger them as to prevent, if they could, teams from looking up at the scoreboard and then figuring out what they wanted to do based upon the way things were playing out. Um, <laughs> if they were avail- if, they, if it was possible to prevent that, but that Dallas. Golden State thing, uh, it may be the biggest thing to monitor, Kev, simply because, as we talked about a few weeks ago, the reason that matters is because four feeds into one. So you just got to get away from that. And, you know, I I love this Grizzlies team, but you want to try to stay away from Phoenix as long as you possibly can. And if you're Dallas, that is true. And if that is, and if it's Golden State, it's true. So that one, oddly, that one might change the playoffs more than anything. Who would you rather have in that second round matchup as the Grizzlies? They're the two seed right now. Would you rather be on a road to face the Warriors or the Mavericks? The Warriors. You'd rather face the Warriors at this point because I said the Mavericks, that I said that on the real ones months ago. It, so you'd rather face the yes. Warriors than the Mavericks yes. at this point with the level yes. Dallas is playing with Luca averaging like thirty-one points, ten rebounds. It's nine all matchups. Over four months now. It's all matchups. Now, in fairness, Dylan Brooks didn't play, and he's obviously the guy that guards Luca. I'm not saying that that would. You know, look, Luca's torching everybody. Luca torched Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, so that's yeah. not the end. And he, but and it, he will torch everybody. Yeah, but he it will. is a it is a big guard that you could put on him, a big, big perimeter guy, right? That at least is going to try to hassle. Um, Porzingis was a real problem for Memphis, and he's not there anymore. And so while that trade has been great for them, I I don't know if it's great for that matchup. Because he was one of the very few people that was a real problem for Jaron Jackson. Because there's just not guys that look and play like him. And it's almost like mirror images in some ways. He matches the length. He matches the, you know, plays outside, comfortable playing outside. Can also drive to the back. He was just a problem. He's a, he's a condor too. Um, so, but here's the problem. Memphis wants to fly up and down the court. Memphis wants to turn you over. Memphis wants to get offensive rebounds. Memphis wants to do all that stuff. Those are all things they can do against Golden State. Golden State gets sloppy with the ball. Golden State is small. They only have one center on their team. And yes, they have the pedigree and everything else, but there's a lot of questions with them. Steph's having to come back from injury. They haven't had a ton of games logged together with the three and the ancillary parts. So it might sound crazy, but I've watched that Dallas team turn that into half-court basketball against Memphis. We run a play, you run a play. You cannot speed Luka up. 
He's going to, you're playing at their pace. And that's not the pace you want to play at. And Golden State, they'll, they'll fly up and down with you. And by the way, Memphis knocked them out last year. You know, they've had, that's a bad, it's not a good matchup for the Warriors. It's just not. Whereas that Dallas matchup has been very difficult for Memphis. I mean, they, they, there's a streak. People could go back and look where Memphis scored over 120 like every friggin' night. They played Dallas. They couldn't get to 100. It's just the, you know, they play this kind of slow down, grinded out basketball that makes it more difficult on them. Uh, it's just a, it's a, it's a style thing. And so I would, yeah, Dallas is, I've, I've said from the very beginning. I don't want to stay. I don't want to see them. I would. I would rather that be Golden State. Not that they beat Golden State. They would certainly be the underdogs. It's just matchups, though. And I think they would tell you that too. I think the players would tell you that. I think they have immense confidence and would not be scared of playing Golden State in the least. Whereas they know Dallas gave them a huge problem, and it didn't just happen once. It happened multiple times. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. we, we will see what happens. These races are so close. And, like, even the Utah-Minnesota thing at the edge of the top of the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, four games left for Utah, some tough matchups. Uh, three games left for Minnesota, some easier matchups. If the Wolves go 3-0 and and the Jazz go 2-2, two and two, that means Minnesota would take the 6. Utah would end up in the 7. Well, and, and you also U- have Denver Utah in there. Then, then your first-round opponent. We'll see. That could be a crazy collapse. And Denver's tough one is that they lose tiebreakers to both. Yeah. So Denver they could lo- fall out too. Well, yeah. They could move up. Yeah, they, lose, they would lose a tiebreaker to the T-Wolves if they're tied. They would lose a tiebreaker to the Jazz if they're tied. This Jazz thing has gotten wild. Yeah. Because it's just, I mean, it's falling apart. Did you see that stat that was going around yesterday? Yep. About Donovan Mitchell passing it to Rudy Gobert twice a game? Yeah. There's some other stat I looked up this weekend that was interesting to me. Rudy Gobert, uh, like the reason why they don't pass him the ball is because Gobert, like, you know, he's not a threat on the post uh, with the ball in his hands dribbling. He he shoots below 50% after dribbling at least once it's for, since like 2017. That's one of the lowest percentages of big men. And But the fact that, that he shoots that low percentage and also shoots, shoots as infrequently as he does, he only takes one shot per game after dribbling at least once. By comparison, his t- teammate who plays half the minutes and Hassan Whiteside takes 1.2. Uh, you get like Mo Bamba with 1.4. You get Jared Allen with 3.1 and beat up to like 12 per game after dribbling one time. It just shows how infrequently Robin Lopez shoots 3.5 times per game after dribbling at least once. Robin Lopez is shooting Robin more. Lopez? Yeah, Robin Lopez shoots more after dribbling than, <laughs> than Rudy Gobert does. So that just goes to show the level of infrequency he ends up being in positions where he needs to play, make a play off the dribble. And he wants more of that. He thinks he should get more of that. And I think despite the low numbers since 2017, this year he's at 54%, which is below average but it's not horrific by any means. So for him, he said he worked on it before the season when I talked to him. 
It looks like maybe he did a little bit, you know, it's the ceiling guys off underneath the rim. Maybe they should pass him the ball more. Mitchell throwing him the ball only twice per game, which is a stat you mentioned. Only twice per game? Wouldn't you think at least two lobs? Well, considering the fact, yeah, considering the fact that Gobert sets more screens than anybody in the NBA. He screens 45 times per game, according to all of these stats that I've said today are second spectrum. Uh, 45 times per game. That's number one in the NBA. Considering how often he does that, Chris, only twice God. to get the ball. That's something else, isn't it? There was a, there was a wow. video going around yesterday from the Golden State game. Oh, where, my God. What, where he off seals clay. clay. Yeah. Underneath. I mean, he's one Great foot. position. <laughs> one foot from the basket. Just and fire him the ball. Luca would get him the ball. Chris Paul Mi- would get him the ball right Mitchell, there, right? Mitchell looked right at him, too. Yeah, but, but like a great point guard? Doesn't Luca or CP3 get him the ball there? Yeah, oh, I mean, it's it's purposely. I don't know. You say that, but, I mean, there was a video that went around all last year of Porzingis, you know, rolling to the basket. <laughs> Two guys guarding Luca, and Luca just, like, looking yeah. at him and being like, yeah, I ain't throwing it to I'll you. I'll tell you what, though. Here's the thing. Gobert has... It's like, not a basketball uh, thing. It's a personality I, thing, I think, Kevin. I think it is. It you really don't like is. the guy. I think it is. It is. Actions no speak way. loudly. Yeah, Actions... Actions speak loudly, don't yeah. they, Chris? That's by the not way, a, it's not a basketball thing. That's a, I can't stand this guy. I ain't throwing you the ball. We are inevitably going to get a report by somebody in the coming weeks or months about some friction within that law. Oh, you don't need one. You didn't see the thing that last week where after they blew it to the Clippers, you have Donovan say what he yeah, says. Exactly. Then you have, you have Rudy. We don't need it. <laughs> you, have Rudy, you have Rudy people calling people out. Then Quinn Snyder says, yeah, I wish Rudy wouldn't, you know, would keep that stuff in the locker room. Then the reporters go back to Donovan Mitchell and they ask him, uh, you know, did you see Rudy's comments or what do you think? And he goes, it's childish. It's absolutely childish. I mean, I was like, (laughs) oh, shit. Like, they just, that is a fractured thing going on there. And I was listening to Tim McMahon, who a couple of weeks ago, when he was in Memphis, I talked to him about it, and he said uh, that he had not written about it yet. You know, he's covered that Utah team very intensely, and he knows all the characters involved. And one of the things uh, that he talked about, well, he dropped the mother load on Zach Lowe's podcast last week talking about him, and he was pretty adamant. He thinks it's not for long with Donovan there, but he also brought up, the Rudy thing and saying that Dallas would be very interested and the interest would be mutual with Rudy Gobert. So it's funny you bring up Luca, but I mean, he just, I mean, he was like, this is going all the wrong way. He talked about how, you know, they really miss Joe Ingles. You could see maybe how he could be a connector between, right? I, I kind of feel like Skill, you skills a, yeah, and I, personality, yeah, both of it, on, mo- on mostly, and off. Mostly personality, right? Yeah. Just the leadership, veteran, been there. Game also, two, though. Game two, six seven. He was a wrestling yeah. defender, good shot maker, shot creator. And I think that just you like somebody in the locker room that's not scared to talk. And I think if you probably pulled Donovan Mitchell aside, he'd tell you, I love Joe Ingles. And I bet if you pulled Rudy aside, he'd tell you, I love Joe Ingles. And so that... That kind of thing, you know, once that is taken away, you don't really have any other guy like that there. Yes. Um, and so that's 
gone the wrong way, and it feels like they just can't wait for them to not be playing with each other anymore. Even Mark Stein last week reported that Quinn Snyder, after eight seasons with the Jazz, could be fired, and he's a candidate for the Lakers. We have Jake Fisher at Bleacher Report this morning reporting, like Stein did, that Snyder could indeed be a choice for the Lakers. Fisher also said Doc Rivers Mm. was a name as an option for the Lakers if they indeed fire Vogel, which he says they plan to do. Doc Rivers. Well, it wouldn't surprise me, and it wouldn't surprise me if he could just do that and land on his feet because if they lose early, Daryl's not going to... I mean, he was there before Daryl. Oh, yeah, there's no way. So it's not a handpick thing. No way. Right? He's got to go try to dig up Mike D'Antoni from somewhere. I wonder if that would be the plan. Can you imagine that? Just run it all back? Yeah, Harden, D'Antoni, Maury again. <laughs> I mean, they had D'Antoni in, in, in Brooklyn last year. Mm-hmm. And it went a lot better than it did this year, right? For yeah. being fair. You know? And he, he wasn't doing it this year. Wouldn't it be funny if it worked out for Philly that they should have taken McCollum and picks for Simmons back like in October instead of Harden in February? I mean, I don't want to rehash that one. I was told I was told that they did a, a masterful job. I still think um, they did. That's on hard. It's on Harden to come through, though. Well, he is what he is. I think process wise, he is no, what he I, is. I, I, I do not use the word process because trust the process. I it just came out, but like process wise, I still love what they did. But we'll see. McCollum looks nasty with the Pelicans. Nasty. Well, they are up. One on the Spurs. In though in the case that those two end up tied, the Spurs would win the tiebreaker in that one. Um so those are the 10. We do have 11 teams alive. I mean, the the Lakers, like if you were looking at the at the meter, they almost flatlined. There's like a blip here, a blip there. Mm. They're gasping for air. They're two back with four to play, and the Spurs have the tiebreaker. So they need to run the board. I mean, the only way they can flip it is if they go four and zero, oh, and the Spurs go one and three. <laughs> that's that's really the that's the only way it can it can take place. And I looked at that Spurs schedule, and I mean, I know it's a long shot, but no way, it's not happening. I don't know, Kev. I, I'm not sure that... I, I know it sounds crazy. I'm not sure that they're going to be favored. Um, They're not going to be favored in a game. All right, it's so for both nuggets, these teams... Yeah, Nuggets, T-Wolves, Wolves, mm. Warriors, mm. Mavericks. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, they could but, go but, but, but the Lakers, though, Chris, they have at Suns, at Warriors, versus Thunder, at Nuggets. That's going to be really, really tough, too. They can't beat anybody anyway, but yeah, you're right. But I'm just saying, they could oddly get what would be, I mean, and this would be the perfect ending, right? They get the Spurs, you know, the, the desired outcome on that end, and they still can't get it done. Yeah. Right? Because, I mean, look, the Spurs are not going to be favored in any of those games. Nuggets, T-Wolves, Warriors, Mavericks? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, they, yeah, that's true. It's possible. You never know. 
You never know. Yeah, pro- here's the problem. The problem is the 4 and 0 for the Lakers. Exactly. What have they done at all? Exactly. That's the tough part. You can't trust the Lakers. Not you cannot point. trust them to go 4 and 0. That's for sure. <laughs> you can't trust them to go I mean 1 and 4. If they if the Lakers go 4 and 0, the Spurs God. go <laughs> Oh my god. Uh how how fearful do you think Suns fans end up being in the first round if the Lakers go 4 and 0 to steal playing spot at all even a little bit, no. even a tiny bit? I mean, more fearful than they would be if they have to play the Pelicans or the Spurs. <laughs> yeah, that's that's I a mean, good way to put it. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yes. Yeah. But <laughs> I think I think Suns fans are rightfully extremely yeah. confident. I agree. And I do think the Suns <laughs> would beat the crap out of them too. Yeah. I mean, I think the Suns are gonna kill any of those teams. I agree. If any of those teams won two games, I would be surprised. I'm with you. Unless, unless like Kawhi comes back for the but, Clippers. Yeah, but they're not playing. Well, yeah. You're, well, they could lose one. They could. They then, could play. Yeah. yeah, they could be eight. But I'm saying, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess the, the Lakers. I mean, Minnesota, a, Minnesota could be too. You might face the Clippers first round. That's always possible. It's possible. We'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. We yeah, don't even know who's I mean, it's be actually, yet. it's actually kind of fun. I mean, which which one would you be most scared of? If I were the Suns, if you were Suns or Memphis, like seven and eight of the way those. Shake out. I mean, I'm paranoid about the idea of Kawhi coming back. I, I'd be nervous about the idea of Zion coming back, but I know what Zion. I know what Minnesota has, so I wouldn't want to face the Wolves. I wouldn't want to face the Wolves. I'm just saying with the others, it's theoretical. Like the would you idea. rather would you rather face the Wolves or would you rather face Denver? Because that's a real possibility that they flip that. It's possible. Man, I don't see Denver falling into it. But they I mean, could. I'd I'd rather face Minnesota than Jokic, just because it's Jokic. I, I think that uh, the, the Minnesota team is pretty dangerous. It is really good, dude. Yeah, they're, they're good. They figured out a lot of things. Yeah, Chris Chris Finch, he's on the 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 pile of potential coach of the year candidates for me. Yeah, so I wasn't including them. If they drop back and somehow ended up eight, there's a scenario. Especially with that whole Patrick Beverly, Chris Paul thing, and the, <laughs> you know they got the Towns. I think could have a good matchup against Aiton. I think he could have success there. Yeah, I could see like I'm not counting them as one of those like I don't think they could win two games against Phoenix. I was talking about Pelicans, Spurs, Lakers, and Lakers would probably have the best chance. I yeah. know that sounds insane. I know. But yeah, I don't. I mean, it's, that, that's so a, it's more of a credit to Phoenix than it is yeah. to you know a demerit to the other teams. And, and it's so, who knows? It's, it's who knows? so unlikely, but we'll see. You know, yeah. crazier, crazier things have happened. I, I mentioned Coach of the Year real quick, Chris. Yep. What do you think? What do you think about these six names for those three spots? Ty Lue, Chris Finch, Taylor Jenkins, Monty Williams, Emad Udoka, Eric Spolstra. I think Udoka is probably the first to drop off that list because of the slow start. That's the only knock, really, despite how the finish was. Right, um, but he's still on that list, in my opinion, of the the six for three. I say spots. this: I think if Monty would have gotten it last year, which you could argue well, he should well, have. Let's forget about last year; it doesn't matter. No, people don't. I know, but I'm not. I'm not talking about other people's ballots. I'm talking about mine. Like, Taylor Jenkins. Ta- it Taylor, doesn't Taylor, Taylor Jenkins. It's going to be a two year award for Monty Williams. It is. You think that's what's going to end up having? It's yes. a two year award. Yes. Because they didn't give it to him last year. 
which they, they didn't give it to him last year. But it's, that was I, I the still jump. can't get over the fact Tibbs won that award last that year. I mean, it was the, deserved in some ways, but ugh, I don't know. That was the wildly outperforming expectation, yeah. even expectation. And that's typically what happens. Memphis has blown through every expectation, and they have won with all manner of players, and they have won without John Morant for what? Third of the quarter yeah, of the it, season, eight, I mean, eighteen and two or something like that. Right? It's nineteen now. Nineteen after beating Phoenix without four starters. Isn't that I mean, so, that, that game? He's, was he's, else. he's worked. I mean, he's been amazing. He's been amazing. I wish I wish Monty would have gotten it last year because it would be Taylor Jenkins' award. Yeah, and it was close last year too. You know, yep. it was it was that. Uh, 42, or I'm sorry, 43 first place votes for Tibbs, 45 for Monty. So, like, I actually Monty, got it. I actually got a text on that on Saturday night when that game was going on from our, our buddy Chris Mannix, who said, If he doesn't get coach of the year, I hope he gets something. There should about be something. Taylor Jenkins. There should be something he gets. And I said, they should give him coach of the century for this <laughs> as that game was going on. I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. He's winning with Santi Aldama, for God's sakes. <laughs> I mean, against Phoenix playing all of their guys. Xavier Tillman, Santi Aldama, John Conchar, DeAnthony Melton, and Dylan Brooks. And Xavier and uh, Zaire Williams. I mean, they sat four starters and beat the, a team that had 62 wins. I mean, he's... But I understand it. I, I yeah, think history, it, history would look not look fondly upon Monty Williams having this run these last two years and being the... And they're the best team by a wide margin. Yeah. I think uh, it's look, eight and a half better than everybody and, and, else. And right? by the way, like the argument for, for Monty is also very strong because the same things that worked last year have worked this year. He also has allowed a team to, you know, continue to push, continue to play hard consistently. He's despite not despite going yep. to the finals, there's no hangover for their long run that they had. This team still continues to click. They've added more layers offensively, defensively. They've allowed guys to experiment. He's had one hell of a coaching year, as has Taylor Jenkins, as has Chris Finch, as has Ty Lue. Like, for the Clippers to be in the play-in without Kawhi, oh, I know. Paul George, I mean, like, wow, what a performance by Ty Lue coaching his ass off in that staff. Spolstra with Miami, Udoka with the Celtics. There's so many great coaching candidates for Coach of the Year. It's nuts. You're not going to get me to say anything. Uh, yeah. bad about Monty Williams. No kidding. I, uh, my, don't, else. The, the only thing I can tell you is I wish they would have given it to him last me year uh, in reference to this year. Same here, Chris. Trust me. I, I feel the same way. I, I do. Uh, I forget I forget what my top three was last year. I, I, I just pulled it up. Last year, I had Monty one, Thibodeau two, Snyder three. Yeah. Um, and Tibbs won because of second place votes. That's what gave him the edge. So it's your fault. It's, um, I was part of the problem. <laughs> he, come on. If he didn't have it first, he should be second last year. Yeah, he know. did an amazing job last year, I know. Year, I'm, I'm, I know he did. He, did, he did, did great. And maybe he could do great in year three. Possible. We'll see. We'll see. 
Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance has the award-winning service to give you just that. They'll help you protect your home and what's inside of it at the high standard their members have grown to expect. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. And you can do it all right in the USAA app. And they offer many discounts to help their members save. That could put your wallet at ease, too. Visit USAA.com slash homeowners to learn more. Eligibility restrictions apply. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates. San Antonio, Texas. This episode is brought to you by Empower. You got money questions like, can I retire early? What are my best savings options? Can I afford to pay for my kid's education? Luckily, Empower has all the answers. With Empower's real-time dashboard and real live conversations, you get clarity on your real-life financial goals. So join 18 million Americans and Empower What's Next. Start today at Empower.com. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Sponsored by Empower, not an endorsement or a statement of satisfaction by a client. The East. You got Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philly. They're all going to get top four seeds unless something just insane takes place. They're all going to get top four seeds. Five and six, that's going to come down to Chicago and Toronto. And the Bulls have the tiebreaker in that. Um, the Bulls need one more win to clinch a top six seed. Now, their schedule, these last couple games, is pretty daunting themselves, but they just need one more to clinch themselves a top six seed. Five and six, I mean, I think it's Looking at the schedules, it's very possible Toronto jumps uh, Chicago. I mean, they're tied right now. So I guess that, that Toronto would get five all alone, which would be an amazing job done by Nick Nurse uh, as we were talking about good coaches. Um, which of those is more dangerous to you? Like if you're a first-round team, let's say whoever's in third, right? You're going to draw, you know, you're going to draw six. Would you rather that six be Toronto or Chicago? I mean, I, I think it depends on who you it's are. It's tough, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean Chicago yeah, hadn't beaten anybody. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, we we give them their respect because of the players that they have. They started I mean, off it, great. Uh, but, damn, it, the, the record against anybody good is pretty miserable. Yeah, come playoff time, maybe you'd rather be facing Chicago at this point with some of the guys that they've had out and some of the shortcomings they've had uh, on really both ends of the court. Uh, but ultimately, though, if you're facing an offensive talent of DeRozan and Levine and Vooch, maybe you'd rather face the younger Raptors team that doesn't really have that high-end scoring talent. In that know. case, I could see why if things slow down in the postseason. You might rather face Toronto over Chicago. Like it's really close between. But it those is a flip, teams. though, right? Because Chicago was amazing, you know, the beginning, first half of the season, and then has just fallen off completely. Yeah, and the and the reverse is true of Toronto, right? Whereas Toronto was, you know, they were down there near the play-in, and now we're looking up. They got a real chance at being fifth, for God's sakes. And so that's the question. You know, if you're one of those top three seeds, which one? I think they're both kind of dangerous just because you could see them both playing really well. Um, it's certainly more likely that Toronto plays well, though, because they've just, it's been a standard now for the last couple of months. They've played well. 
Whereas Chicago, I mean, when was the last time you watched Chicago and were like, wow, they could be a real problem for somebody? Like, they just, every time they have a big game, they lose it. You know, feels like. Um, yeah, by the way, Toronto, Toronto, like you said, it's been a couple months now, and especially since early March, they've been one of the best teams of basketball statistically. At least I think, I think 11 and three in their last 14. I think you kind of feel like, at least I do. Let me tell you if you, or let me see if you feel the same way. I kind of feel like the way Toronto, and we saw this coming after the Jared Allen injury, the way they flipped the standings on Cleveland, I think is aligned with Barnes flipping rookie of the year on Mobley. Mobley was the overwhelming favorite. Like, I mean, I remember we talked about this after the All-Star break, and he was like minus 400 or something crazy. Like, if you want to try to bet on this thing. And Scotty Barnes and this Raptors team, they end up with, you know, fifth or sixth in the Eastern Conference, which is what they're going to end up. And Cleveland, you know, is playing in the play-in. Um, I was reading this last night. Our buddies from StatMuse posted this. I don't know if you saw it. Scotty Barnes is the first rookie since Doncic and only the 22nd rookie in NBA history to average 15 points, over 15 points, seven rebounds, and three assists in a season. Every single rookie to achieve that over the last 10 years has won Rookie of the Year. Mm. That's crazy. That's a great stat. 15, 7, and 3. That's Every rookie stat. that's done that mm. as one rookie of the year. Mm. Doesn't it kind of feel like you flipped it? I don't know. I, I, I look forward to seeing how that vote shakes out. I'm fascinated by the rookie of the year vote. What I don't know what I'm going to do yet. We still you have don't? a handful. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I don't because we didn't even mention Cade. Cade is in that conversation too. It's those, one of those three. But I look forward to seeing how this vote shakes out because people are going to be anchored to Mobley as well because he was the front runner for most of the season. He was the guy mid-year. He was the guy even after the break. Things changed around the time of the Jared Allen injury. That's when people really were like, huh, Barnes, Cade starts exploding. But will people, will voters stay anchored to Evan Mobley? And I don't think that's necessarily the wrong choice. Mobley had a sensational season. Don't get me wrong. But I just look forward to seeing what, you know, my peers end up doing. I'm excited, Chris, with this year's vote. Coach of the year, rookie of the year, MVP. Yeah, but this all, this, all, all NBA ballots. You got Bill Simmons telling Ryan the other day he's not going to put both Jokic and Embiid on his first team ballot because he doesn't want to bend the rules with the center forward thing. Other voters are going to do the same thing. Some voters, maybe including me, are going to put both on their first team. It's just going to be madness to see how this vote ends up shaking out. I wish the NBA would release it this month. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait till later in the year. Just release it this month. Just that, tell us. The, with, the, with the Rookie of the Year and the MVP, there's absolutely going to be the scenario where three different guys get first place votes. 100%. They 100%. Will. 100%. There's going to be three guys. And Defensive getting, Player of the Year, too, who nobody knows who to vote for. Yeah. Could be five different guys getting first place votes for that. Six, seven. Yep. Could be a lot. Mm. How many, how many people do you think get voted as a top five MVP candidate? 
And then without a reference point from past years, this is hard to put a number on it. But like, how I mean, many I just think there's, a, I think, vote? I think there's going to be a huge gulf from three to four. Yeah, but how many total get a vote though? So in the top, there like there's five slots on MVP ballots. Yeah, I don't have the statistical. For, I, don't, for I don't have a historical last rep, year. Yeah, last reference. year there was fifteen. Just for fifteen guys got MVP the, votes. The year, the year before there was twelve. The year before there was twelve. The year before there was thirteen. Eleven. Ten. Well, how many do you vote to? Five. Five. Yes, twelve. The most I can find was seventeen in twenty fourteen. Do you have the names? Who the hell got MVP votes last La- year? Last year? Yeah. Okay, that I'll tell were- you. All right. So, all right. So, in order, I'm just going to rattle off the yeah. names rapid fire Jokic, Embiid, Steph, Giannis, CP3, Luca, Dame, Julius Randle, Derek Rose, Rudy Gobert, Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons, James Harden, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Derek Rose got a first place vote. <laughs> What? <laughs> yeah. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> wow. Wow. So yeah, okay, then I have no idea how many well, Kevin the, is my so that's the, my the, answer. So wait a minute, After you just read me that. The, it was the NBA fan vote that gave Rose the first place vote. I just looked okay. it up on the ballots. It was the NBA fan vote uh, that gave that. I will not say the name of the <laughs> of the person on Westbrook on there. Yeah, tell me the name. You could look it up. Who was it? Max. Who? Max. Max who? Hopped from Max DPA. Hopped? I'm I'm unfamiliar with his I'm, work. I, I'm not sure of the organization. Okay. All right. Well, Max Hopped. It's a bad vote, man. It's probably an, an overseas publication. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Big Westbrook guy, Max. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. All right. So <laughs> I think it's going to shake out where Toronto's five and the Bulls are six. Um, Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, Brooklyn. It's like impossible to figure out how that one plays out. Think anybody has Russ on their ballot this year? I mean, no. <laughs> the votes get revoked. That's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, there is a matchup left between Brooklyn and the Cavs. So we do have that where that could be decided. That could be very, very significant. Um, By the way, that ballot but, had no Jokic or Embiid. The ballot was Steph, Luca, Westbrook, Simmons, Ben Simmons, Giannis. Those are the top five on that ballot. I mean, you have to you, look. You got to take his vote away. You have to take his vote away. End of story. Yeah, I know. That's a. That's a. It's just, uh, just being honest. We're not it's being. A, it, it, we're, we're not being mean here. We're just being honest. <laughs> well, you can say I'm. You can say I'm being mean. It, no, it, you're not it, being mean. You're just being honest. It's like Kevin yeah, Drummond on Defensive Player of the it's Year. Me, it's, it's that's like, making it's, a mockery <laughs> of the MVP voting. Ben Simmons. <laughs> what are we doing here? Yeah. No. No. He didn't have no. he didn't have Embiid. No, he didn't Jokic, have Embiid. No, he had no Ben Embiid. Simmons. He said <laughs> Ben Simmons is the real MVP of Philly. <laughs> Jesus, this guy, Max, this guy. I look forward to seeing who has ballots this year because I've heard uh, you know Ryan Rosillo said he got a ballot this year. I believe Chris Herring 
Uh, somebody, somebody else recently said they got a ballot for the first time. I, I'm oh, escaping, right? It's escaping me at the moment. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a new group. So I wonder, mm. I wonder what this year's ballot looks like. I'm just excited to see how this vote breaks out. And we get the season standings too. That you were just discussing and I just interrupted you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, look, I was talking about the, the, the bottom it's Cleveland, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Brooklyn. We know those are going to be the last four, um, more than likely. Uh, we know that Brooklyn and Charlotte are going to be seven through 10, but here's something that I, you know, just dawned on me. Um, you know, looking through all this stuff today, you know what, you know, one thing that no one has considered that is absolutely in play because of how awesome their offense has been. And because of how pathetic the Nets defense has been. I know it's just a, you know, a given that you're not going to bet against Durant. Like, Charlotte could catch them in a mm. one game. And then Brooklyn, who's got the second best odds at the friggin' title, if you want to go <laughs> bet it in Vegas. Like, what if Brooklyn doesn't even make it? Like, I think everybody's just thought, like, hey, man, they're going to get there. You know what I mean? Like, I would never bet against Durant. But I'll tell you this. It happened last year with Curry. It was the whole, I'd never bet against Curry. Next thing you oh, know, yeah. they're not even in the damn playoffs. They lost it's to a, Memphis. It's 100% possible. 100%. Charlotte. And it Charlotte doesn't need to be Charlotte. Not, it, I, I mean, yeah, they're pretty, I mean, they can explode offensively. They yeah, can. but even, even if Brooklyn beats Charlotte, then you get Atlanta or Cleveland. One of those teams can end up catching them. You never know. If they got Jared Allen back, Jared Allen's revenge, you traded me, and now I'm going to have 75 rebounds. It, and it could turn out that you do face Cleveland. Could. You know, it could. It could. That Atlanta team, that one, I think, you know, we were talking about the Toronto-Chicago thing. I mean, I'm not so sure that Especially with the way Trey's been playing over the course of the last couple of weeks, like that's no picnic. No. We know that they they did win Hell playoff no. series last year, right? And so that's why I think it's really really hard. It, it's impossible to jockey for this. We were doing the whole hey, you really want to stay away from Brooklyn? I feel like that has changed, don't you? I, I feel like I'd, I, I think yeah, I'd be more scared has. of Atlanta than I'd be scared of Brooklyn. And hell, I don't Charlotte, know. if they get Hayward back, they're a lot better team. They are. And it's a one-off. You know? But as you said, Chris, you're not betting against Kevin Durant. I'm not. You're not. Yeah. But, but also, we, we also, we were saying that at a time the anticipation was that Ben Simmons would be back by that's now. That's right. And it's like, that still hasn't happening. It still hasn't happened. Where's Ben Simmons? Well, and now, if you heard Rosillo talking, the, the the Kyrie numbers have come back to earth when he's playing every game. It's not once every seven, eight, nine days. You know, it's he's playing every night because that man because the the mandate thing was lifted, and he's able to play, and the numbers are a lot more pedestrian, and just defensively, I mean. Certainly, you would think in a one-off, I still would bet on Kevin Durant. Yes. All I'm saying is, last year, it's what everybody said about Steph Curry. Yeah. And his team wasn't that good. 
The same thing goes with this Nets team. Yeah, yeah, it's one guy, but the team ain't that good. Like, I've kept waiting for the Nets to turn up, especially after, you know, the Kyrie full-time thing. They haven't turned up at all. You have no idea. They had the, you know, they had a competitive game against Milwaukee, but they lost that game. Um, They've been average. And their defense stinks. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. I don't know how they're going to get a bunch of stops. And maybe, you know, we could get surprised. You brought up the Zion thing, Ben Simmons thing, the Jared Allen thing, Gordon Hayward thing. God forbid the Kawhi Leonard thing. Like so all many, of those. so many things. Lots any, of things. A, any of those guys being plugged into their situations, like greatly alters their team's opportunity. And we still have Steph coming back, and we'll see. You know, if he's just, you know, supernova Steph, he really has not been supernova Steph throughout this season. You know, like the force of nature, unstoppable guy. Um, but you get the benefit of the doubt when there's somebody like him, for sure. And he still puts fear of God into you. I'm just saying, you look at the way Trey's played and over the course of this last like week and a half, and it's just been ridiculous. Totally re- ridiculous. Re- I mean, yeah, he, he's been on an absolute tier recently and all season long, ultimately. He's had a he's he's tough to keep off all NBA. Uh like I've been I've been I, I always play devil's advocate with myself with these things. I'm having a hard time keeping Trey off. Yeah, uh, I think he'll I think he'll end up on my all NBA team. Twenty eight points per game this year, ten assists is career best season. Shooting from three, thirty-eight percent. You know, as you said recently, the run that he's on is ridiculous. Trey's Trey's been something else. Yeah, he was just—I guess—he got that player of the week um, in the NBA this week. Um, but yeah, he has been outstanding. One last thing I want to ask you before we get out of here, and this is about the Embiid comments. You know, everybody kind of politics here at the end of the season for the different awards guys are asked about them for sure. Um, and then they, you know, they say what they think. Um, MB, I, I mean, he did the whole, yeah, it matters to me a lot. And if people don't vote for me, I, I don't understand it. And, uh, I feel like they hate me as a voter. Are you persuaded? to uh, let Joel Embiid know that you don't hate him, therefore voting him MVP. It says, if winning MVP happens, great. If it doesn't, I don't know what I have to do. I'll feel like they hate me. I feel like the standard for guys in Philly or for me is different than it is for everybody else. I would say to Joel Embiid, the standard is not different, at least in my book. I can't speak to any other voters, but like for Embiid, it just so happens that this is a year where Jokic and Giannis are also having absolutely spectacular seasons. I mean, we we are so blessed as NBA fans to have Embiid, Jokic, Giannis doing what they're doing, Luka, Booker, I mean, Jaws, so on. There's 20 guys that could end up on the, the top five of this ballot. In a normal year, those guys might be actually winning the MVP. But as basketball fans, we have Embiid 
Jokic and Giannis having all-time great seasons, looking the part of MVPs, looking the part of all-time greats. We are lucky. We are lucky that we're lucky as fans to be witnessing this. Uh, Chris, when I, when I was a kid growing up, I had I, like I, I didn't have as many bigs as you did. You're a little, little older than me, but I had it in the 2000s with guys like Duncan and KG. And for it to go away for a while was disappointing, but the way it's come back with all of these bigs dominating in the way they are, it's just the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing to keep, see it come back. So I hate the fact that it becomes all about the award. I really do. Like it becomes all about who's gonna win MVP and who's not gonna win MVP. When really, it's like we have all of these guys that are deserving as MVPs. Well, it's like Embiid it's was not like about the, hate. It's about it's really about love. That's Embiid Embiid was really the front runner for a long time. I mean, heading into the final week of games, he is second in scoring, sixth in rebounding, ninth in blocks, and the only other player that's in the top ten in all those is Giannis. Um, he also has eleven forty point ten rebound games. The only two players that have ever recorded more of those games in a single year are Moses Malone in 1982 and Russell Westbrook in 2017. And both those players did win MVPs um, in those years. And of course he, you know, yeah, I mean, he's got the whole narrative thing of the, you know, in the, in the midst of all the Ben Simmons drama, he carried that team, but I mean, the cases are great for everybody. Everybody. right? They are. I mean, I could listen to you persuade me on the Jokic thing without Porter and Murray and the historical yeah. stuff he's done. Curse, you know how many times I've I've convinced myself that Jokic is the MVP, that Embiid is the MVP, that Giannis is the MVP? A lot of times. A ton. And I will continue yeah, I mean, to until I, just, I submit I just, my I, vote. Look, no, I just gave you those stats. I, you uh, can do it for all of them. Exactly. Because Jokic all of them. is the only player in the top 10 in the NBA in points, rebounds, and assists. Yeah, I mean, you can give stats, you can give the narrative, you can give the story. Like, there's arguments for all three of those guys. All three of them are deserving as MVPs. Only one of them can win it. That's the way I feel about it. Is that is that too much gray area or nuance for an MVP hey. debate? Like, should I should I dig my heels in and say one of these guys? Is I say this de- though, definitely not one of them. There's not much nuance debate going on regarding the uh, the the betting on this though. Because if you like, if you were out at you know a sports book in Vegas, Caesars right now has it, uh, Jokic minus three hundred, meaning you'd have to bet three hundred dollars just to win a hundred. Embiid plus two seventy, Giannis plus six hundred. So that is a overwhelming favorite in Jokic. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, we'd say that there's a bunch of debate over this and it could be anybody, but that's not what the gambling line says yeah. as of right now with a week left. The gambling line says that one guy's going to run away with it. That may be so. You think he ends up running away with it? I, I'm just saying like that it's, he, he wins it. I and, know, but, do you th- but do you think he ends up? Oh, I don't think anybody's going to run away with it, especially when you got three guys getting first place votes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Bon Temps and his last... Uh, I know, but that's yeah, changed. Straw poll. Right after yeah. that thing came out, Giannis boned the Nets and then the Sixers both on mm. national TV. Yeah. And everybody was like, what are we doing here? That's the best player in the world. <laughs> I mean, I get it. You're, you know... I, I don't think it's crazy to think that if somebody... 
if, if one of these guys had like a 60-point, 17-rebound game, which is on the table for all three of them, like that it could have a profound impact, even though there's only like yeah. five games left. We are persuaded by that stuff. 100%. Recency bias is no a question. real thing, and yes. it will influence some percentage of the voter population for uh, sure. in terms of who wins this award. Uh, like it's and it's also I don't think it's necessarily a detriment to factor in what happens the last week of the season. The last week of the season matters, of course it does. These games do matter, and all, like these teams do have implications in terms of you know how they perform, winning games, trying to get a playing spot for Denver, trying to move up in the seating, you know, standings like for Philadelphia and Milwaukee. These games do matter. I don't know who I'm going to vote for, Chris. I'm confused. There's you the, really game. don't know there's, who you're voting for. I don't know. For, I don't for, know. for Rookie of the Year or for MVP. Or Defensive Player of the Year or Coach of the Year. I don't know yet. Wow. I think All-NBA is probably the easiest. I have like 12 guys locked in. for It's the last three spots where it's, it's I have no idea. I mean, it's going to be a coin flip between so many different guys for so many different ballots. Um, all defensive, you know, similar there. Last spot's tough to figure out. But the awards, it's also tough at the top. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Then this last week could end up deciding um, a lot of things, not only the standings and the playoff matchups, but maybe even some of those awards. It's possible, even if that sounds crazy. It will. It will. Yeah. Certainly it possible. Will. It's down right? to the wire, man. Yeah. It's down to the wire. Well, and, the, and, and we're also to the season where somebody, one of the, you know, there, there's a lot of good basketball writers, thinkers, et cetera. And somebody, uh, somebody's going to make like a real case for different guys for different awards that is going to be persuasive. There are different media members that can swing this stuff. Why so-and-so should be defensive player of the year. Why so-and-so should be MVP. Why so-and-so should be coach of the year, whatever. And I think that, you know, it's, it's just human nature to be able to be persuaded. and. You know, how do you, how do you think the the people would talk about awards that this is not possible? If you if the NBA had a way to ban award talk, like, like let's say we weren't allowed to talk about Giannis, Jokic, and Embiid in the in like context of MVP. Oh jeez, you want it, you want Elon Musk to invest in the NBA too? <laughs> no, Elon, Elon's about free speech. Elon, Elon I know Elon's gonna, you're talking about opposite, banning. Yeah. You're talking about banning. Speech. I know it's the, it's the opposite here. I'm I'm trying to be Twitter. You're banning. <laughs> I'm saying speech. if you could ban. <laughs> That's what I said. Elon's gonna come in and start buying the NBA. <laughs> if I if you could ban NBA, how do you think that would affect NBA discourse if we couldn't talk about awards? If we couldn't talk about it? If Nick Wright, our good friend of the show, couldn't talk about Jokic's MVP? On his show. Oh, that would be amazing. Uh, yeah, but I'm just saying, oh, like, oh, how oh. do you think it would change NBA discourse? I mean, you mean it's like hard, if, it's hard to fathom. It's a centerpiece. Yeah, if everybody, if everybody <laughs> just came up with their own independent opinion. Yeah. <laughs> no, instead of just talking about it in the context of no, awards. I mean, like everybody just came away with their own opinion that was yeah. not for the uh, vote too. Yes, exactly. And, and they weren't. You know, well, I don't know. Shit, you could end up with somebody be voting Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> 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 that guy doesn't yeah. watch anything. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> he hadn't seen a debate show in his life. <laughs> he thinks Ben Simmons is the MVP of the six. He thought Russell Westbrook. <laughs> so I guess there's oh your answer. There's your yeah. answer, Kev. Yeah, you're right. It'd be, it be wild. <laughs> that's that's what happens. It'd be a wild the, vote. Hey, so I, I'm, I'm voting for everybody does discuss it with each other in order to get to a better solution. Because <laughs> what happens when you don't pay attention to what everybody else thinks? It ain't pretty. Shout out to Max, whatever your name is. It's the worst ballot I ever heard of. Whew. All right. Whew. Man, Chris. It, it was brutal. I, I know. It I'm just, I'm just saying. I was like, you, like, I threw an alley oop. It's tough. And you just, you just, you dunked it, and then you celebrated, and then yeah. you got a tech. Yeah. Uh, in true Russell Westbrook fashion. In true Russell. Yeah. <laughs> All um, right. Thank you to our executive producer Jesse Lopez. As always, Kev. I'll talk to you on Friday. I'm uh, looking forward to Friday's show, Chris. I'm sorry to Pistons fans that we focused so much today on Scotty Barnes versus Evan Mobley. We did overlook Cade Cunningham a little bit. We talked about him a lot on Friday's show last week. If you want to go back to last week's show and listen to that, we love Cade. Uh, we'll, we'll probably talk about him again Friday. Have a good one. There's a lot that could impress you about the all-new Honda Prologue EV. True, it's got class-leading passenger space and clean, thoughtful design and intuitive technology. But what really sets the Prologue apart from the competition is that it's more than an EV. It's a Honda. Honda, the power of dreams. Visit honda.com slash prologue to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC Pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser. But I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com.